Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. Much delayed by about 24 hours, but I mean, we had some technical difficulties. I'm yours, morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. Arsenal go to Villa Park. Um, extremely, extremely tough place to play um, against. I mean, the last few times we've gone there, we've been beaten both 1 0 and like first few seconds in the last game we played against them, we were 1 0 down. So, you know, hopefully it wasn't going to be the same thing this time. Yeah, the big clash at Willow Park. Um, the media, of course, built this game up. Uh, and I mean, not going to lie, I was somewhat nervous because, I mean, the way they were already hyping up uh, Philippe Coutinho, his performance, and especially since we kind of, in our look in the eyes, uh, missed out on, you know, signing a player like him. But I mean, of course, our plan that all along has been always, you know, with this age bracket that Arteta is trying to keep us in as he bowls on this team to his liking. Um, added to that, uh, going into the game with Martinelli out, and then also uh, 24, 24 hours before kickoff, uh, Ramsdale, and also having to pull out of the squad with an injury, which brought Leno, of course, back into first team matters. Um, what was your thoughts on the whole setup with, you know, players missing, and then, of course, players coming in? Well, I was happy to see Emil Smith-Rowe back in the squad. You know, he's... He, or in the starting eleven because he he runs nicely between the lines and I think you know in a away game like this you know he could have probably added a bit more I mean Martin um uh, as Martinelli as late but um, I know Martinelli had a barnstorming game against um, Liverpool and um, I was a bit nervous seeing Leno in and Ramsdale out because um, Leno for me sometimes you know can be very shaky especially playing out at the back I mean. How many times have we seen him pass the ball to Xhaka and not shout, you know, man on or, or you know, putting pressure and necessary pressure on the team? That coupled with uh, Gabriel and Ben White liking to have the ball, or play on their toes before they pass the ball. So, you know, I was a bit nervous about that, but I did have full confidence in Leno, though. I mean, one thing I did find a real nice touch was, you know, seeing Ramsdale join the, the um, Arsenal party. Um, I mean, he was fully kitted out in, in like, you know, training gear and that, but I mean, he had to now, of course, sit on the touchline. But I mean, a nice touch because, I mean, you could see he's also there, like, not only to support the squad, but look, he's also grown a close bond with Leno as well. So it was a nice touch, I think. I mean, I don't know, you would normally see things like that with amongst, uh, you know, people that are vying for the same spot. Yeah, I know. It just shows the camaraderie in the team at the moment, you know, I mean, it shows that they're all playing for the one one goal. I think yeah. Leno is probably on his way out. I mean, it's he's coming up to a pivotal point in World Cup season, and I'm sure you know even though he's not nailed on number one, but as in for Germany, but I'm sure he would like to be part of the traveling party. Yeah. So we go to the game. Um, also come out quite fast, and I mean as early as the first minute, the first big chance falls to uh, Bukayo Saka. He, you know, ends up getting the ball takes on Ashley Young. And I mean, Ashley Young kind of showing his age in this match where he gets played inside out by Saka. And I mean, he ends up losing the young Englishman. And I mean, Saka ends up you know, playing a nice ball, almost like a layup ball for Martin Odegaard. But I think he ends up just rushing everything and he ends up placing the ball over the bar. Yeah, I know. So, sometimes for... Um... For me, uh, I like how the odegaard um, Saka combination is, is coming along. Just the, just the way as well that Saka is growing in confidence and taking on defenders more and more. So, you know, bright opening start for us. 
Then seven minutes, Cedric Hall's on Ashley Young ensued ensued free kick from McGinn. You know, he ends up whooping the ball at the Arsenal goal. (coughs) Excuse me. And you can actually see Leno is kind of, you know, caught between the devil and Zipulusi ends up just hovering in between the goal line and where the ball is actually played, but I mean, he ends up backing off. And the ball gets almost like forced cleared by Kieran Tierney for another corner. Yeah, I know. It just shows that Arsenal you know, can't afford to switch off as well. I know they were doing the attacking very early on, but, you know, Villa also, you know, they can't take advantage of any sloppiness. And I'm sure Cedric didn't want to put himself in the eyes again like he did uh, last season. Yeah. So, ninth minute, Arsenal, you know, hit Villa with a quick counter-attack. Odegaard, you know, ends up playing through Thomas Party. Who manages actually to fire a decent shot at goal with a keeper actually had to make the save. Yeah, I think Party's been listening to us quite a bit, criticising his shots. I mean, scoring a brace there now as well, you know, getting a shot on target. Yeah, then uh, 11th minute, Saka ends up whooping an insuing cross. Uh, Ezri Konza at centre-back for Villa inadvertently ends up deflecting the ball. Goalwards, and I mean, uh, Emi Martinez has to pull off a fine save to uh, save Villa from going 1-0 down. But yeah, you can see Arsenal applying the pressure and... You know, we've, we've always been complaining about the guys and, um, you know, that's it. it was a good good test for us as well, you know, going down to Liverpool and, you know, showing our, keeping our heads. I mean, we could have been feeling sorry for ourselves and kind of, you know, putting ourselves under pressure and and losing our heads. But, you know, we came in strong, started strong and we kept on pushing. But, I mean, look, you know, as much as, look, of course, you know, people like say, uh, Ian Wright and, and, and Keon and them are always, you know, trying to... They're always actually in our camp, you know, when they, they yeah. discuss things. But, I mean, you, you could also sense with many of the other pundits that either, you know, have a dislike to Arsenal or even though neutral, but they, they barely would side with us. They were looking at this as a, you know, a banana skin for us to slip on. Because even though, like, every time they were saying, you know, how would they react out? Look, I, I think we... You know, the way we did the podcast the other day also, I mean, we were disappointed with the Liverpool defeat, but it was almost like, you know, dust yourself off. I think you saw into the pod like that, you said, dust yourself off and we just go again. And I think that is the sort of attitude that we did see now in Swilla because, uh, you know, we really showed that, that you know, all that stuff, that, that things were out of our head from what happened at, at, at the Emirates against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look... Villa was going to be a tricky game. I think a lot of teams have stumbled at Villa. Uh, I remember what the commentator during the game at some point said that Villa, when they lose at Villa Park, they have to lose by... I mean, they have to concede at least two goals because they are always scoring at Villa Park. So it just shows that they're not the easiest team. You saw Man United get pegged back there. And like you said, you know, after a loss, I was also going to bounce back and... It seemed positive up until, you know, the point you mentioned now. Yeah. Yeah, 18th minute, uh, Saka and Odegaard, you know, again, as you said, a dream combo. They end up setting up Smith Rowe, ends up, you know, kind of fluffing his chance, which was somewhat disappointing. Then 21st minute, McGinn ends up again with his, I mean, it's actually a very dangerous when he whips the ball into the box. And it's about to start, you know, picking out Ollie Watkins. But, I mean, uh, Ben White picks up already the danger and he intercepts the head, uh, with the head. Yeah, Ben White's been marvellous for us um, in the last few games. And since the back combo with Party, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Then 30th minute breakthrough for Arsenal. Saka ends up taking a quick free kick to Cedric. 
Cedric ends up, you know, taking the ball to the byline, whooping in a deep cross. Now, I kind of thought it was all that overheat, but you could see it was a, a planned thing because he ends up hitting it to the like far post. The ball gets headed back into the mixer. And I mean, it ends up causing total confusion. Villagers try to clear the ball out. And I mean, the ball ends up falling to uh, Bukaya Saka comes running and just flits the fry. Yeah, I know that was a very good, um, quick free kick. And, and those quick goals we've been scoring of late, you know, it, it's proved to be quite important. I mean, that quick throw we took against Watford um, for Martinelli's goal. I mean, this is also quick thinking by us. You can see it just practice at the training ground. It's good to see these kind of things coming into into play in the game. And, and you know, like you said, rightfully, 1-0 Arsenal and onwards and upwards we go. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> it was a part of me that wanted to feel a bit of sympathy for Martinez. You know, because, I mean, he ends up seeing the ball so late without turning the yeah. ball past him. But then again, now part of me was thinking, I remember the sort of trash talk you were doing, you know, post his move to Villa, <laughs> post-Arsenal move. Where he was like trying to make almost like he was never really given a chance by like the management. And I mean, they gave yeah. him a you know, go. But I just think time was also running out for him. Because I mean, look, he was also, he had an army years and he has, didn't force himself until almost like the final part of his uh, career. <laughs> so, you know, that's now next, you know, we move to the next point where it's also Arsenal's 2000, 2000s goal in the Premier League. And I mean, I think Saka even said post match, he's honored to be in that sort of bracket where. You can always be remembered for that. Yeah, I know. And if you carry charges this way in a form and, you know, stay at the club, you could be remembered, you know, for more than just the 2,000 yeah. call for the club. Then the third minute, you know, kind of controversial moment. Uh, Tyron Wings ends up lunging uh, in on Saka. I mean, it did look kind of bad the way he, you know, launched himself in it. Of course, a melee, melee then breaks out with uh, Lacazette also getting shoved to the ground by... Um, again, and of course, I mean, almost like on a light note, Ben White ends up chuckling himself to bits when he sees you know Saka getting on um, the like getting flung around the pitch of from the shove. But I mean, I think that's also down to Ben White, you know, like sort of dark humor, dark type of character that, that he is about it. Yeah, no, I, I actually really grown fond of, of, of Ben White in the team. You know, he's just that. Tough guy kind of thing. So it was, I, I didn't see that laugh, but um, I, I'll definitely keep a look out for it. But, um, you know, once again, if it was kind of Shaka or that tackle, would we have seen a red card? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I know, look, we had, as, as co commentator, we had uh, Jim Beglin. And, I mean, sometimes you see people with almost like half main in tackles, and then Jim Beglin go, oh, that, that looks totally fine. That looks totally yeah. fine. But I mean, if, if you see like one of your key players getting hacked, I mean, if that was now say, just say Ronaldo, I mean, the whole media and, you know, like football world would go into a total frenzy if a tackle like that is laid on, on Ronaldo. But I mean, yeah. so it's almost like so, small fry. It's almost like, yeah, you must t- like toughen up. Yeah, they say, they'll say Premier League, you know, whatever. So for the fifth minute, I mean, it's about the third minute into injury time as well. Uh, a ball gets again flung in from the left. Leno ends up coming out to collect the ball. But, I mean, I think he could have actually been a bit calmer. I think Gabriel could have dealt with it. But, I mean, he ends up just climbing right over Gabriel to catch the ball. But he ends up, by the time he hits the, the turf, he ends up almost like jamming his ball with his head onto the ball. And it almost like kinks him back. 
a bit of like I don't know if anybody remembers when David Seaman did that save against Brazil in the 02 World Cup, where he ended up also landing somewhat awkwardly like that, where his head got jarred to the back. But I mean, luckily Leno ends up holding the ball, and I mean we're going to halftime with a one only. Yeah, no, uh, it's a good one lead, but you kind of felt that, you know, Villa wasn't really in the game and you could yeah. sense the frustration in the fans as well. And you just knew they would come back with something. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think we need that second goal. And I mean, one thing that, that, that Stephen Gerrard has also shown that he, you know, he actually knows how to find him. I mean, I thought it was almost like just, uh, <clears throat> you know, like, look at when he was at Rangers, I... I couldn't really take him that serious. I mean, no, yeah. it was no offense now to the SPL now, but I mean, I just thought to myself, you know, you saw him do this and almost like uh, walk the league there. And now you see him now at Aston Villa and you think he's going to bring that same sort of, you know, what we like to say, the Liverpool uh, character that we know about him. Because I mean, he had that also like, never, never say die captain, captaincy attitude. And I mean, he actually almost like he brought that sort of attitude there. And you can see, second half, they did come out, you know, even more. And I was like, you know, I was like, want to, to, uh, you know, show or put some fight into this match because I think a lot of them will also was like throw themselves in the line of fire to, to, you know, for for the good of Steven Gerrard because I think he's got him that, you know, they already got big respect for him. Yeah, basically, when they're playing for him, you know, something that they, we've got the Arsenal guys with Arteta as well, but you know, like you said. It was going to be a tough second half, and you were kind of just hoping that Arsenal could take this thing out of the game early on in the second half. Yeah, then for the eighth minute, a uh, big chance. Cedric ends up getting a, a good cross in. I mean, he's also been impressive with his crosses in that he gets. Uh, Smith Rowe, of course, gets the ball, but I mean, with the first heavy touch, the ball ends up bobbling forward, and I mean, with Villa closing in, it only allows him a tame shot at Martinez. Yeah, I know. Emil Smith Rowe wasn't. Like, you know, I was hoping you would have done more. In, in his time in the game. I know he, he um, hasn't been you know, starting a while yet. Also came back from, was it, was it COVID he had also? Yeah. As well. So, you know, you, you also have to give a bit of yeah. leeway there. But I mean, for me, he didn't you know, add as much as a, as he could have. And I felt, like I said, he was doing well, but there was a chance as well where you could have also, you know, squared a, to make it, to score the second goal, a second goal, but, but also, you know, mess through that chance up as well. Look, I also just want to make a quick apology because we have some workmen here doing something with the blind. So if you hear tapping or hammering, just know that somebody working downstairs. <laughs> um, back to the match, 51st minute. McGinn ends up losing position on the halfway line. Uh, Saka ends up working the ball to Odegaard who let's fly. But I mean, Konza and I, think, I don't know who else was closing so quick on Odegaard. I mean, they end up just charging his ball for a corner. Um, 61st minute. Again, McGinn, Jesus Christ, this guy is like a, a menace. McGinn. Yeah. He ends up getting uh, Watkins pass, but I mean, he ends up also getting rushed into the shot by the Arsenal defence closing in on him. He has, of course, put the ball on his weaker foot, the right foot, and he ends up hitting a curler, but I mean, it's clearly, you know, fading way wide. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, uh, you could see, like I said, you know, Villa were coming and coming and coming because they knew what they... Um... They knew they were pushing with that equaliser and they could sense also, you know, Arsenal started, I don't know if their legs were tiring because of playing yeah. Wednesday night against a tough Liverpool side. But, you know, Arsenal started not playing as tight and as hard as they were, you know, as we started. And that, that's why I said the second goal was always going to be important yeah. for us. But I mean, one thing, just a quick side note, 
Um, this McGinn guy, he's almost like becoming a sort of player. I mean, they're going to be actually, I'm sure in the summer, they're going to be struggling to hold on to him because, I mean, he's almost like the, the go-to guy. I mean, look, I remember last week when I did that, uh, when we did the podcast and we did the thing with the, you know, key players and that. Now you can actually see why he is clocking those sort of ratings, like almost close to yeah. eight every week. Yeah, no, he's a true, true manager. And he's always when he's on the ball, something is always he's always looking for something to happen. Yeah, I mean, almost like I got almost like you found respect for him. Um, then, sixty-eighth minute, Watkins ends up firing at, at uh, the Arsenal goal with Gailey, with Villa gaining confidence. Uh, Smithero uh, ends up, you know, getting himself in between Leno and Watkins, but and ends up deflecting the ball off his shins onto the post for a corner. Yeah, I know. Uh, t- t- like I said, you know, Villa were coming and coming for us, and uh, I was really, you know, starting to look at the clock now and yeah. hoping as the, you know, the clock wasn't moving. Yeah, because I mean, they got to, yeah, as you said, the, the point where, you know, you watch the game almost like racing to the 60 something, 64th minute or 60th minute. And then afterwards, when you start seeing, as you mentioned now, uh, the players, t- you notice the tiring in them. Because I mean, look, you know, the players now long enough from watching them. You can actually see when that fatigue is starting to like slowly creep in. And I was also starting to get now concerned because you can see the tails are up. So Arsenal also were more proactive in making the change. 69th minute Pepe coming on for Saka. What was your thoughts on the change? Yeah, I was happy. Just, I think Saka probably needed a break. I mean, he was being kicked. He was being you know pushed and just being bullied. So I felt the, the youngster just needed some a bit of a break. But um, was happy to see Pepe get the opportunity um, to in such a in like more than just his conventional you know 15 minute stints. So yeah, I was looking forward to get Pepe on the field. The eighth minute Arsenal make another change. Eden Ketia coming on for Lacazette, and I think as I, I think we were first trying to do the recording yesterday. As I told you, was I thought when Pepe and Ketia were coming on, I thought okay. Are we going to get another sort of Wolves performance, you know, where they, you know, was like eat out, like, because look, Nketi ended up being a nuisance in that Wolves game. Uh, Pepe ended up having a major, major impact in the game where he ended up scoring and setting up a goal. But, I mean, almost like we got anything but that, because, I mean, at one point, Ed Nketi is ending up in a race with Tyron Mings, and he almost like just gets nudged across the pitch with no, you know, no sort of upper body strength to kind of hold the ball. Because, I mean, you could see also we're trying to, win the ball and more old position. But, I mean, when you see somebody made to look almost like so lightweight, I mean, that I was actually shocked because it made me even worry more than... Yeah, no, he was doing absolutely nothing to to take pressure of us. He was tripping <laughs> over his own feet. He was... He, he just did nothing to... And, and you kind of see why, you know, I'm not... Yeah, you know, I, to him, but, like, why we need new, new strikers in the summer. I mean, like I said, can do a job, but... You know, we need a striker that's going to be lethal up front and give off a chance, and he's going to smash it into the back of the net. Because I, I think Ian Wright said also, either pre or post game, we said Arsenal really do need to start signing players that, that you know, bring 15 to 20 goals to the table, like as yeah. a striker. Because look, if you know somebody like, say, Smith Rowe, uh, Saka, Odegaard can, you know, clock five, between five and 10 goals. You already got the, uh, you already have a, a decent clump of goals, and then of course your backup striker also needs to be chipping in between like five, ten, or even fifty, getting close to the fifteen goal mark. 
which I think would ease the pressure big time with us, especially if we're going to now fight on, on, on four fronts for the coming season. I mean, fingers crossed. But I mean, if you're fighting on four four fronts, you're going to need everybody to be chipping in and scoring goals. And we're not just depending on now. Because I think right now, our whole gameplay is based on our midfield scoring goals. Because yeah. we're not really seeing much coming from the, the strikers. No, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you know, Emil smith Rowe has nine goals. Saka has nine goals. And Odegaard, you know, has also has, I don't know, four, three or four goals in the, in the, in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, but, but I mean, also, sometimes you see enough, uh, look, look, party is now coming at a point where he's now kind of chipping in with the goals and that. And I still think, even the backups, because I also expect more, you know, coming from uh, someone like Pepe also, like when he gets a chance. Because for me, it, it was almost like also petering out in this point of the game where he was like trying like tricks, but almost like over, over yeah. the instead of just. Holding position because I, there were points where you could see Arteta was losing his shit, like you know, completely with with the ball getting lost so quickly. We just tried to like camp our way now off and then try to move out, and then you get him trying to overdo things with a step over and he gets dispossessed dispossessed of the ball and it'd be you know back to square one defending. And I mean at the third minute you also see where the pressure is now starting to build where Leno gets almost like into a muddle trying to clear the ball, and I mean the defense ends up snuffing out the Villa danger. Then uh, Danny Ings comes on, who's almost like a menace when he comes on as a sub. I mean, even we know even in the South, Southampton days, he was also a terror to us. And I mean, he ends up floating a fantastic header over Leno. And I mean, he ends up having Leno scrambling for the ball because I think Leno was expecting more power in the header. And I mean, he ends up just doing like a looping header that you see back in the Shearer used to do or Jamie Vardy would do. Yeah, no, I know. There's a heart in mouth moment because those sometimes dip in. And, you know, the, these three points are, are, are going to be golden for us. So, yeah. you know, I just felt longer and longer. And Arsenal just started getting more and more nervous. Like, you could see the, that Villa sensed it and were just coming at it with everything they got. The 96 minutes, Rob Holding comes on for Odegaard. And, I mean, immediately, the minute he comes on the pitch and he gets in position, he really, you could, like, when the camera was panned on him, he actually shows, like, 5-2-3. That's, like, the formation that they were going to go out to see us for the rest of the game. Uh, then 90th or 94th minute, actually, Pepe ends up needlessly holding down Douglas Louise. And I mean, Aston Villa with about one minute left in the match, ever freaking 20 yards out. What was your thoughts going in? Uh, I, I didn't have thoughts. I, I was pacing up and down. I couldn't look at the screen. Then I yeah. looked at the screen. And then I looked at and I'm asking myself, is this really happening? Because knowing that what those three points could mean to us if we get it. And I mean, my stomach was turning when I first saw there were first like about two or three players with Coutinho, and you can actually see him ushering him rather away. So he's standing alone on the ball. And then I mean, I just thought, was, oh God, he's going to probably put that whip in on this ball. And, you know, this is how Arsenal ended up screwing up that, that whole race for the top four. And I mean, he ends up 96 minutes, he ends up stepping up, putting in a decent whip on the free kick. The ball ends up aimed at the back post. And I mean, the thing was about two guys running towards the back post. And I mean, Leno comes out and he makes a fantastic palm away save where Kieran Tierney just also manages to hack the ball away. And right there, the ref ends up playing for full time. And I mean, three, three big points for Arsenal. I uh, saw so Ashley Young made a comment, you know, that Arsenal celebrated almost like they won the league yeah. again. I don't know. I just, why are people so bitter about it? I mean, I you know, we're fighting for the top four race. I mean, 
You know, the club hasn't been in the Champions League for what, since 2017. And, you know, we, 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 we look at where we were last season, look at where we were now. I mean, you know, it's, we're not fighting a race to win the league. We, for us, you know, I, I, I don't know, this probably would have been pissed off many fans back in the Wenger days, but winning, getting to the top four at the moment is, is like winning the league for us at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I actually found it quite nice when you heard um, Tim Howard, I, I remember, Ashley Williams, I think, and even Dion Dublin, when they said they didn't understand why people are going on or getting like kind of salty with Arsenal celebrating because they said you're turning already to an intimidating ground where you've got, you know, almost like a bad track record and you're actually seeing a game not only out, but you're also holding this team at bay. It was almost like throwing everything at the kitchen sink at you for the last five minutes. So he said, of course, that, that sense of relief, because uh, I think Dion Dublin also said, when when you get the result and you're down, with te- uh, down to 10 men and you still manage to, to eke out three points, of course you can also feel like that way, that, that sense of relief that you now accomplish something. And I mean, I think Tim Howard also said, with regards to that, with uh, almost like the cup final sort of attitude, he said, you're going to celebrate like that because you know your target at the end is almost like to win roughly say, eight out of the last ten or something like that, or even nine out of ten. And if you can keep up that sort of track record, knowing, uh, you know, teams like United could stumble, Tottenham could get a, a little rick in their run, and, and, and you know, West Ham keep on over the kind of winning, losing, winning, losing. You never know, because then it's going to make the, the task for us even easier. But, I mean, you're also kind of wiping out all that sort of doubt. If yeah. you keep on edging those wins, then there's nothing they can do to you. No, I agree with you. I, I think... You know, Spurs did well to beat West Ham because, I mean, West Ham is going to be a thorny people's side still, I feel. Um, I think we, it could be a bit of a tricky away fixture when we do come up against them. But, you know, we've gotten the two big guns out of the way, Man City and Liverpool. I mean, they, I think it's 10 wins out of 13 games at the moment. I think those are the two losses. And then we drew to Burnley. But, I mean, you know, we have to just keep on chipping away, chipping away and not... Look too far ahead. Yeah. So we switch our attention now to the talking points and also like you know a bit of international news. Uh, with Bukayo Saka ends up end up with the England England party, but I mean he ends up uh, testing positive for COVID, so he's probably have to now. I mean I'm not 100 sure if he's still with the camp or he's already headed back to England. Um, I think if you know even just a short layoff for him would also do him good. Where he does not have, you know, almost like a full. I mean, he, look, he's had a hectic march, if you think of it. And I think now with, with him, was like at times getting overplayed and also getting, you know, some heavy tech to deal with heavy tackles. So I think it also comes at the ideal time where you can maybe, you know, get a little breather. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm happy. Uh, you know, not happy that he got COVID, but happy that you can, you know, rest his legs a bit because he's been playing to the ground. You know, you see him name every week on the team sheet. And, you know, he... When Tira he can't even walk off the pitch after the end of the game, you know, that's why they probably have to sub him so he can just rest his legs a bit because he's really been playing his socks off game in, game out. And you know, you wonder, you don't want the same thing to happen where you know Jack Wilson picked up an injury and you know, look at him now. You know, like my next point that I want to bring up was you know, you not mentioned the, the sort of team ethic or team camaraderie. Do you think also Arteta's a big uh almost like influencing that fact that they all like that because it's not like when he does a press conference now, he's sort of, I mean, look, he, he gives the, the press and everything, 
But I mean, do you think it's almost like he's got this sort of we got our players also believing we have a you know us versus them attitude? Like we yeah. they like it's almost like every bit of criticism like fires and, and makes the team bond tighter. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that. I think you know he, he's got he's gotten an, any egotistical players out that they say, you know, I think yeah. you know, any players that's bad apple, rotten apples, and he's He's gotten the players that want to play for Arsenal and want to play together and fighting for the same goal. So I definitely think that has played a part. And that's why you see that unity that, you know, if somebody knocks one of our players, you'll see one of our players in the yeah. other player's face. You know, there's just a whole lot of, you know, things we've yeah. never seen before in the camp before. And I mean, there's something also that, that was actually key to an interview I watched with, I think, Odegaard, I think it was two or three weeks ago, where he said, Something special is growing here or starting here. And I mean, if you see somebody that, that you know, almost like start, start like a child prodigy, things didn't go accordingly, end up going back to Madrid, but almost like just as a, a bench player. And for him to, to, to come in with half a season to go and actually play a small sort of impact in our, in our uh, performance, uh, you know, last season, even though it was somewhat disappointing as a team. But I mean, when you saw you saw a bit of you know this magic that he cancelled, when when they actually go back in for him again and bring him into the team, and I think you also saw you know the signings that that Arteta made in the in the summer, that that something is built into something special. And I mean, you can see from all that mockery and and whatever like from the media, and that you can actually see a sort of change in the tide. I mean, of course, I'm not saying we must be content with yeah. what they're saying, but I mean, you can see this is sort of. Uh, also, like with the, with the atmosphere in the stadium, it's rocking longer at our home game. And normally it used to be, uh, you know, there's the a chanting and then it goes silent, chanting and it goes silent. Now, it's like that place looks upbeat. You can see that the sort of place we have on show now makes it exciting. And as Ian Wright said the other day, if you're not just adding to one or two world class forwards, plus probably somebody to eventually replace Xhaka, this team is going to be. I mean, awesome to watch. And I mean, I like we all, uh, you know, was, were biding our time, you know, through the, the, the lows and even very lows. And I mean, you know, like, yes, we criticized when we needed to, but compliment we, we did. But I mean, we were still stuck by the team. No, I definitely think there's something special brewing here. Like, uh, like we said also in the previous episode, that we just need, you know, one or two players, like, up front that can, you know, the one striker that, like, not, not on a DS, but you know what I mean, where, you know, it will be on the score sheet week in, week out. And then you have like a Voltor almost that, you know, every other week when Andre wasn't getting the business or injured, he would come in and fill in and score for us. Like, I mean, imagine you had like, say, Alexis in his pomp for the team like this. Oh, oh, it would, it would be a joy to watch. I mean, because he, he, he used to put goals away for us. And I think he just didn't have that protection at the back. You know, yeah, with the yeah. likes of of who played in, uh, behind him, so yeah. you know, I, I think what Ateta is doing definitely is he's seeing the issue and addressing it. You know, not like back in the day where we would sign Alexis Sanchez um, and have Santi Cazorla, but we're missing a, a Ben White and Gabriel. But when we have Ben White and Gabriel, we don't have Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. Very intuitive and you know interesting pod we did now today, analyzing. Um, with that, also round off the podcast now. Do you have anything else to add before we head out? Uh, no, I'm all good with that. Okay, guys, take care. Enjoy the weekend. A lot of international football on show.
Cheers. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy it.